Yo, what's good? Welcome to Counter Currents, Petey Steele. And your co-host, Alana Torres. And today, we have... The best. Of, the most amazing guest. Please welcome the very funny Remy Youssef. <laughs> oh, man. What's good, baby? How you doing? I'm doing great. Yeah? Very, very happy to be here. Good. This I, last time I was here, uh, was, we're at Arlington Draft House. I was here two years ago. Mm-hmm. December 2016. And why do they not have you back last year? I don't know, what man. The fuck's wrong with they you? wanted they wanted some time off, you know. Yeah. We kind of wanted to settle our differences, and then gotcha. here we go. Here I am. That was a hot back. crowd last year. Yeah, they were. It was round, packed. Huh? How'd that compare to last time? It was packed and. Yeah. Well, were... last time I was here, yeah, I was I was opening for my good friend Gerard Carmichael, and uh, they were great too. It was such a great. I was so happy to come here and get the headline at this time, and mm-hmm. uh, just because I love the theater and love the venue, and yeah. It's, it was really it was a, that was a fun show right yeah, yeah they were really loud they show. were packed they yeah. were you know not inhibited not inhibited yeah. yeah there was definitely a sense of freedom yeah like uh, me and Benji were talking actually as you were performing earlier just saying you know normally this is a more it's a cool crowd but it's for some reason you don't get off as well right generally it's hard and I think the acoustics are tough in that room yeah too. yeah movie theater the big theater it's a big theater space, yeah. But I, you know, it's kind of one of those rooms that you get to feel the material. You know, I think sometimes in like a smaller room when things are just electric the whole time, you're kind of just flowing and you can smile and people laugh. But I think this room, so like I remember it from last time. I was like, oh, this is a really fun room because like you're you're testing out your jokes. Yeah. You know, you're yeah. not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're this not. This isn't about. Yeah, this isn't about yeah. your sneakers. This isn't about. You know the way. It's, this is about what you're saying. And, and yeah, you can't do a look goodbye. with your eyes and the people in the back. They won't see it. Like, they won't see it. Yeah. So it's like you're. This is about the jokes and uh, and so that's really fun. It's it's so it's always like a fun, a uh, little bit of a challenge and, and I think every room does have different acoustics and like kind of a different a different yeah. goal. You know, mm-hmm. so you got, there's like a there's a draft house laugh that you're mm-hmm. going for. Yeah. It's just mm-hmm. a little a little different from extra echoey. It's a little echoey. Yeah. It's 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 maybe not as loud, but it's it's a certain frequency that. But yeah. so I gotta be honest, I heard your name just like yesterday afternoon when I was checking the fucking calendar. I did look up some stuff, but I crammed my homework <laughs> for this podcast, so to speak. You know what I mean? And yeah, you knew I was the best. Yeah. Well, no, we just had to switch it up. Sure. Yeah. 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 Egyptian born is it or or just of Egyptian descent? Descent. Descent. Were you born in New Jersey? I was born in New York, then moved to Jersey. Okay. And why did uh, I guess your parents decide that Jersey was like the American dream? <laughs> uh, more affordable than New York. Yeah, a big part of the American yeah. dream is affordability. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. so. It's uh, money is uh, definitely factors into the dreaming. No doubt. No yeah. Doubt. You talked about you're from South Jersey? No, no, I'm from North. I have a prejudice against the South. Jersey. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's like the Civil War. It's very yeah. Civil Warish, um, but it's more it's over the shore as mm-hmm. opposed to anything race-based. Well, North is like soprano country, right? Yeah, man. Exactly. <laughs> Big time. Gangster. Big time soprano country. You may run North Jersey, but you don't run your Uncle Junior. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I heard I heard that accent a lot. Yeah, well, you yeah. know they're like they're doing um, Bing tours and shit right now. 
Yeah. Yeah, because it was just the 20th anniversary yesterday of the yes. greatest show ever. So I was definitely picking out some of the scenes of like the old cast. Or, I, I I grew up not even 10 minutes from the Bada Bing. Really? Yeah, man. Okay. Yeah, we used to we used to drive by and we'd be like, that's the that's strip club from Sopranos. I don't even remember what the sign was. I don't know that the sign actually said the Bada Bing, but it was it was the we knew it was the set, you know, because yeah. it was. I don't remember the actual man. It's crazy. I used to look at that thing all the time, but yeah, I don't remember the actual name of it anymore. <laughs> but well, it uh, yeah, we were strip club or was it something? Yeah, yeah, no, strip okay. club, man. Good, yeah, good. and a bunch of um, Horrible. bunch of the locations. Yeah. I remember watching the series and being like, oh, this is. I know exactly where this is. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah, okay, man. It's a it's a tough stereotype, dude. Yeah, it's I've said it on stage, but I think it's easier to defend Muslims in New Jersey. People yeah, seem really? to, yeah, people seem to have a, a more uh, understanding of, you know, we're not all terrorists, but Jersey, right. everyone's like, come on, man, right. you're, you're in the fucking mob. Tony Soprano, the actor, went to Rutgers, didn't he? James he did. Gandolfini, Gandolfini. Yeah. Oh shit, that's where I went. I went, I went to Rutgers. Oh yeah. Oh, cool. yeah. So you live in LA now, but you were an East Coast boy until. Yeah, it was the East Coast until I dropped out of college. I dropped out of college when I was uh, 20. Was this Harvard? You got the sweatshirt on? I wear a Harvard hoodie. Uh, I wore one today. I just got it in Boston. It was my first time in Boston. I always wanted one. Yeah, yeah. And I was yeah. like, fuck it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do the cheesy thing. It's basically their I love New York. Mm. Right, right. It's their I heart New York, but it's just it's a Harvard. Just and so I was like, I just got to let people know I was, I was there. And right. So I just wore it tonight to kind of, you know, be stunting on stage and make sure people knew. Yeah. You know, what kind of brain they're dealing with? Just make sure people knew what kind of hoodie taste I have. <laughs> you drop out of college just to do comedy, or were you doing some other shit? I was like doing. I was in acting school and college at the same time, and I, I dropped out to act, mm-hmm. and then and then I moved to LA to act, and uh, and when I was there, I started stand up. You know, like you booked a show in LA. Yeah, so I did. Cool. Yeah, it was a, it was an acting job. So I kind of went out for an acting job, and then it like became, you know. Mm-hmm. St- Doing what that and then, it? It's uh, it was yeah, it was a show. It was a family sitcom on Nick at Night, and uh, we, we, it was a crazy crew. Actually, it was the the cast was Scott Baio and Mark Curry from Hanging with Mr. Cooper. Oh yeah. And so I had been doing sketch comedy in New York and acting, and then I went out, and then I was doing this show, and I, you know, my sketch partners were in New York, and and I kind of was looking to still do stage comedy, and it kind of turned into stand up, and mm-hmm. you know, so I. I we kind of go out and fiddle around a little bit, and then, uh, you know, Curry was touring as a stand-up, and he mm-hmm. and he was like, "Hey, you know, just we're uh, working together every day," and he was like, "Come open for me," and so I, I I really started, you know, doing long sets kind of out of nowhere, featuring for him on the road, you wow. know, in these rooms that I was I was nowhere near <laughs> ready for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's but also you got too. Ready so much Oh, you had to. I mean, I remember going out and just getting destroyed, and I'd get back, and he'd just be laughing, not at my material, <laughs> but at, at, at what happened, and he was just kind of like, you know, he was so supportive. He was just like, young gun, you know, you, you're eating shit. You to get up a little early. You got to get up a little early. breakfast, and, get and that's, fucking pan. I mean, and that's the amazing thing about being on the road. It's like you bomb, and then you, you go to this hotel. You don't know anybody, you know? Yeah. There's no one to hang out with. There's no one to... You know, to, no to there's nothing, you. no yeah. one to come for you. There's yeah. no groupies because you're set with shit. Yeah. yeah, so you're you're alone and you spend the whole day in the city you don't know, and you have to write because you're mm-hmm. like, all right, like I'm not, you know, I, I have to figure this out so this shit doesn't happen again tonight. And and it was it was a really um, doing a bunch of those shows with him was like such a great such a great experience. And it's also too like we were doing 
which is such a thing. I mean, anyone who does comedy knows, but it's like you're doing black rooms. That's like yeah. a whole other room. Oh, it's, a it's a different room. You go up totally. in 20 seconds, they decide if they're going to listen or not. They don't even heckle. Yeah. They'll just have a conversation. Right. Like it's literally like, oh, okay, this guy's up. Okay, let's just, you know. And then full-blown dinner convos going on yeah. while you're doing comedy. <laughs> it's yeah. Like it's, it's not even, you don't even have their attention for them to shit on you. They're just going to wait for the next guy. Yeah. And yeah. and it really is a, is a big... No, you got to um, hit quick in those fucking rooms. You got to hit yeah. quick. You got to know who you are. You got to do all those things. And so it was it was a really cool experience to mm-hmm. um, to do that and, and, and to kind of be out on that. And so I kind of cut my teeth doing that and then, you know did some, you know, finished the acting job I was on and then kind of went full into stand-up and, and, you know, did that for, you know, that being the, my main thing, you know, since then. Yeah, I was going to ask, so that, so you've sort of, you still do acting. Yeah. But stand-up for you is the main focus. You know, it's, it's, um, so much of it is, like, about figuring out, you know, how you want to express yourself and so there's certain things that's like expressing through stand-up is like is the best and is the best you know and then there's certain things where it's like actually i really want to express this on screen you know and so um you know a lot of your opportunities came through stand-up is what happens well yeah of course the on-screen stuff comes through stand-up so it's like it goes hand in hand so uh, biographer do you want to tell your name (laughs) so we get this well well i'll tell you i'll actually i'm going to intro aaron because aaron when i when I first went to L.A., I actually crashed with Aaron. My first trip to L.A., it was my second. I went once with my mom, but my first trip, like, as an adult solo, I went yeah. and I crashed with Aaron. He was, like, the nicest person I'd ever met. I saw him do stand-up in New York. This is I, I remember watching you do stand-up and watching stand-up and thinking it was, like, magic. I was like, I don't know how people do that. Dude. I was an established comic already, and he was just getting out of high school. Okay. And uh, he was helping produce and, and acting in some of the sketches at the Arab Festival that we do every year in New York. Right. American Comedy Festival. It's in its like 15th, 16th year now. Yes. So Rami was this kid that I'd never met and everybody loved him. He was super talented. He was funny. He'd never tried stand-up before. He's doing sketch, trying to figure out where to go to college. He comes to L.A. and he's he's talking about, I want to do this, I want to do that. Right. And so, you know, I'm trying to encourage him and trying to, you know, Help doesn't need any help. The guy figured it out, got an agent, booked this show, ends up moving to L.A. And then when he moved to L.A., we really started hanging out a lot. Yeah. He started going to do comedy a lot and, and you know, just networked and met people and everything started to happen out there. We, 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 uh, we did all, all my, like, first L.A. things. Mm-hmm. I probably did with you. I feel like we did a lot of that shit. Like that was yeah. that was Korean food. Uh, Korean food. Wow. <laughs> Korean Shady food. party in the Hollywood Hills. Yeah, sure. Of, yeah. All of it. All the yeah. firsts. Yeah, and and it um yeah, just kind of was like this, you know, back and forth between the acting sketch stuff, dipping into the stand up and then it kind of like the path starts to become clearer, you know, mm-hmm. in terms of, you know Yeah, what what makes the most sense and, and um yeah, so it, it but he never had both. He he had both feet in into the stand up world for sure. Mm-hmm. But you know when you're multi talented, you don't think of yourself as just a comic. Right. There's very few comedians that think of themselves as just a stand up comic. Mm-hmm. You know everybody's like, well, I'm a comic and I'm going to make money on the road. Mm-hmm. And if you can make a big following happen, right, you can make a lot of money on the road. Right. Always. Mm-hmm. But you still want to be in movies. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. Russell Peters or Sebastian Manikowski making $10 million a year on the road, right. they still want to do movies and TV. You know? mm-hmm. So so you never, you're never never satisfied with one thing. You mm-hmm. always want to do more. But Rami... Um, I just bought a Sebastian Maniscalco ticket for Madison Square Garden. Oh, for real? And I paid $125 what? for it. Yeah. Wow. wow. I was like, that's how much I love Sebastian. Wow. <laughs> I was literally like, I literally was like, I, I also like want to pay for parking too. Like I want to like, like that's how much, like, because I feel like as comics, Make we just like... Make it a night out. You no, know, like, yeah, because yeah. comics, you always like go hang out backstage, you yeah. maybe watch a show. Sebastian's like the one comic that I'm like, I want to pay for parking. Ooh. I'm going to get concessions. Yeah. Like I'm going to like, I'm going to just, I'm going to find my assigned seats. Right. I'm going to find my assigned seat and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, like, I'm like, that's how excited I am to see him. <laughs> I've noticed that, especially doing this, all the LA comics, like Sebastian is the guy. Everybody looks up to I mean, he's an amazing In comedian. LA? Yeah, I've noticed particularly, I mean, everywhere. But particularly <laughs> LA comics. I mean, once once we realized how much money he was making, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's not like everybody was looking up to him as like the guy to, to, to emulate. You know? he, it's, I think it's just he's an his own thing, you know? Yeah. He's so original. He's like, such a th- he's nobody, such you a can't, nobody looked at Sebastian and said, I want to emulate that because you can't all be from Chicago with pleated pants. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And perfect hair. And perfect hair. He was like this I mean I remember when I first got at the comedy store he was a guy who had just gotten past his angry stage and they said Sebastian finally figured out that he, he's better off if he doesn't try to be angry mm. mm-hmm. you know because he comes off kind of yeah, and and he dresses so nice that it's intimidating the audience but he finally it came together mm-hmm. right around when I came to the comedy store and he was always funny you say you're established comics. Wait, what's your name? Because R- Rami didn't. I said Aaron Cater. Aaron what? Yeah, Aaron, yeah, what? Aaron Cater. Oh, Cater. Okay. Cater. K A D E R. Oh, all right. Aaron Cater. Um, and how long you been at it? You said established. What, like twenty? Yeah, like in two thousand. Okay. I got picked up at the comedy store, and I've been over there forever. Oh. And uh, Sebastian was already there, and I had done. Um, the Axis of Evil comedy tour in like 2004, no, 2006 when we shot that for Comedy Central. And even back then, Sebastian was funny. Everybody respected him. Right. But there's certain comics that are influencers. Mm-hmm. Like, like him or not, and I don't, just for the record. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know this I don't like Dane Cook. I don't I never liked his comedy. But I respected his ability but you can't people trying to emulate that where it was bad for comedy because you can't go out there and not have a point of view about something and get away with it all the time Mm -hmm. you know um, Richard Pryor who everybody loves everybody tried to emulate this motherfucker please and it was like okay everybody can't say motherfucker and be great (laughs) you know only a few people could do that Louis CK bad for comedy Everybody thought if you go to this really uncomfortable edge and talk about f- uncomfortable things, it's great. What's well, not? It only works for people who can do it. Mm-hmm. So Sebastian, I don't know if he's that much of an influencer, but he does really clean, clear, easy to digest jokes yeah. that aren't shallow. Yeah, and yeah. it has a point of well, it view. It has a point of view. That's but the, it has a point yeah. of view because it's coming from him. Yeah, if somebody yeah. else tried to do it, do it. Right and on. you're not from Chicago and you don't dress like he does, right. maybe it doesn't work. 
Well, my favorite thing about him it's is that like him. he, like he means it. He means it. You know, it. and I think like that's like that's kind of like what that's kind of the only thing I ever want when I'm watching something or if I'm like saying something on Commitment. stage. It's like, right. do I mean this? You and know, I would like that's say, he's good for like comedy. Sebastian, I think he's good oh, absolutely for comedy good because for comedy. his jokes are easy to understand and they have a point of view. Yeah, he's it's, like a classic comedian in that sense where it's just clean. It's jokes Seinfeld for everybody. It's yeah. observational yeah. material. You yeah. ever seen a revolving door? Mm-hmm. What the fuck <laughs> is yeah. like yeah. Sebastian's yeah. point of view is he's shocked by everything. Yeah, yeah. everything. I mean, he's my favorite. A- my favorite bit of it is uh, uh, when he does. He goes to his wife's friend's house and he goes. You know, he opens the door and and it just is like. The couple answers the door, both of them. <laughs> I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> like right away, he's just like he's just like, why do both representatives have to come to the door? Like it's like that kind of like like that kind of thing is is so is so funny to me. You know. Everybody, put on your best. <laughs> I wasn't even in the picture, but that's fine. Uh, I don't be the one. It's, yeah, it's, I feel like he's good for comedy. Yeah, he is. Cause I we we were watching over the holidays. We actually watched two of his specials, and it's like it's almost refreshing to see yeah. when you're yeah. out. It's not dirty. Right. It's not trying to make you uncomfortable. No, They're just good observational jokes from a guy who has an actual point of view. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And and all the subject matter is like everybody can like everybody knows about the couple that answers the door. Yeah, right. answers the door. And Everybody's then he, seen a guy in flip flops where you're like, yeah, look at your hoof. Yeah, yeah. Get a pe- get <laughs> well, a does, pumice stone. He does that bit where get he a goes. That we're at the house. <laughs> So I just want to we can do this whole podcast so I just want to tell Sebastian dude, jokes dude, yeah. but he, he does the bit where he goes uh, I, I don't know if this is the exact wording but they're in a circle and it's like a house where they had to take their shoes off and he goes and this guy this guy doesn't even have socks and, and he just goes and the guy goes and the guy goes what do you think about what's going on in Iraq and he go, and I go what do you think about wearing socks yeah, 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 <laughs> it's yeah, literally yeah. like the funniest yeah. <laughs> the funniest he used fucking. to do a joke back in like the early 2000s about going to Ross dress for less mm-hmm. and he goes how do people shop at that store and then he just like goes like this because it's like everything's on the floor yeah, already yeah, he goes yeah. you walk in that place it looks like downtown yeah. Beirut <laughs> yeah. and then we actually went and did a gig in downtown Beirut and the whole time we were like Sebastian downtown <laughs> Beirut <laughs> so funny. I think that's something that happens that the longer you do comedy the more you start to appreciate sort of like simpler easier yeah. cleaner jokes it's attainable yeah. for anybody yeah and he's just he, most of it's really about hygiene and presentation yeah, <laughs> yeah. really I mean if you could boil it down to that yeah. this is the truth about comedy it doesn't have to be crazy difficult it's just have a really strong passion about toaster ovens and it can be funny yeah. it doesn't matter you don't have to talk about your fucking baby's pussy the way louis ck talks about his children <laughs> to me that was obnoxious and it was mean and it was your kids are going to grow up and hear that mm-hmm. he's talking about changing his kid's diaper and he kept ta- calling his daughter yeah, my daughter's pussy joke. my daughter's cunt this baby cunt yeah. and i'm like you know what <laughs> And people were like, man, nobody's ever gone there before. And I'm like, that's because it's not a good thing to do. You shouldn't talk like that. This kid is a person. They grow up. They hear this stuff. You're the father, you fucking irresponsible cunt. You know what I mean? You're the cunt. You know what I mean? <laughs> Sorry, Louie, but you fucked up. So what are you and him, like, squaring off? Yeah. <laughs> no, Louie's done. He's, he's embraced being a pariah. It's over. 
All right. And on that note, uh, we do have <laughs> other people that are still performing comedy. And we they're coming <laughs> to the uh, Draft House Comedy Theater on the 18th and 19th. Deanne Smith from Last Comic Standing, the Late Late Show, and Sky TV. 7 and 9 o'clock both nights. Uh, follow us at CounterCurrent on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram for a chance to win three sets of tickets. Um, at the Arlington Draft House, we have Heather McDonald, um, both the 18th and 19th. 18th will be uh, 7.30 and then 9 o'clock. No, 9, yeah, 9.30. 7.30 and 9. 10. 10, yeah. Nine, yeah. It's always fucked up, but whatever. So then the next night... Either a combination of 7 and 9 or 7, 30 and 10. So yeah. check the website right. and friend us, do all that kind of shit, and uh, we'll get some free tickets maybe. Eh? Yeah. So uh, we want to thank uh, Rami Youssef for sitting in and uh, Aaron Cater. Thank and, uh, you. Where can people find yeah. you? Um, I am on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, the username is just Rami. It's R-A-M-Y. That's, that's, that's my name on there. Bam. Bam. And for the inveterate comic perspective? Uh, Aaron Cater. A-R-O-N. Just one A. Aaron. A-Ron. A-Ron. Cater. Uh, Yeah, Twitter, Facebook, all that. I'll be at the comedy store all the time. Live in L.A. Rami's got a Hulu show coming out. He'll be on the road. Yeah, in uh, April. April 12th. Coming out on Hulu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm waiting for it. Yeah. 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 Well, thank you, gentlemen. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks.